0: welcome back to crazy faith talk i'm erica
1: i'm steve and i'm sarah and we have been for some time looking at the idea of justice throughout the bible what it means and how the different voices of the bible speak to what justice looks like in different time periods and eras and circumstances so what does that mean for us now
2: So what it means for us now is we are going to start talking about what's next. Um, But that's also to say we only have one more week before Lent starts. So (laughs) what we're going to do is we're going to start asking that question today of what's next? How do we do demonstrate justice in the world? And the different ways that we can do that, um, but we're going to start asking those questions now. Put a little bookmark here. Do we, no wait. What's coming up next? Lent. 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 Yeah. <laughs> sure is. We're going to do a Lent series, which is different than what we're doing now, and then we're going to revisit these questions in. The season of Easter.
1: Maybe they'll be more hopeful in the season of resurrection.
2: Yes. (laughs) Um, But it's mostly because we've been talking about justice for a while, and we want to continue this conversation with what's next, what are some applications, what can we do in the world today, um, how can we fight injustice. But we want to have more time than just one episode because, I don't know, so often I'll read a book, like, for example, on anti-racism or any other, like, you know, sexism or any other ism, um, and how to combat those isms, and sometimes those books or workshops, if it's a workshop and not a book, we, it feels like we run out of room, and we don't have enough Mm -hmm. time to give that, how do we demonstrate this in the world today, um, and... I know that I didn't want that to happen with this series just because we only have one more week before we want to start a Lent series, right? We need more than just one episode, you know, 30 minutes to solve all of the different injustices in the world.
1: This feels to me like the old eighth grade history problem that like when you were in like a junior high school and you'd be in like American history and you'd run out of school year before you got to the 1950s. Like I, there were lots <laughs> yeah. of years growing up. Like I learned the Mexican American war and I learned the civil war and I learned maybe in world war one, world war two, but nothing about the last mm-hmm. 50 years of history because well, we ran out of time and the school year ended. So we don't yep. want to have that problem. Correct. Um, I really find it helpful that in, a minute ago you talked about that the the issue becomes for us how we do justice, and maybe we're looking for what the right verb is there, but that that it's more than just about knowing things. Like, we, we've had a lovely discussion over all these weeks about how different biblical authors talk about what justice mm-hmm. is, and we could all be experts now, relatively speaking, in our local communities of, well, the Torah says this, and Jesus says this, and the prophets say this, and it's fine to know those things, but... The, the commandment from Micah isn't that God wants us to know things about justice from a distance, but to practice it, to do it, so that mm-hmm. you learn these things. We've had these conversations for a purpose, so that now it can be, well, how do I treat others rightly in every area of my life moving on from here? And as we've seen along the way, justice, at least as the biblical writers think of it, is bigger than just punishing people for crimes, right? If, if that's all it was, then we'd say no. our job isn't to do justice. That's only for judges, people who wear robes and bang gavels. The rest of us just mind our business. But we've seen before that justice in the biblical sense is something that percolates into all kinds of other areas of life, right?
0: Definitely. I and mean, we, we've talked about economic justice. We've talked about, um, uh, ret- I mean, we talked about that criminal justice system and, and what it looks like, which at least in the early parts of scripture, looks very different than what we would consider criminal justice looks like today. Sure. Um, what are some other... Oh, we yeah, out, so I'm, I'm blanking on what else we've talked about.
2: Did you say environment?
0: No. Environmental justice? I mean, that that's huge right now.
2: Yeah.
1: And that goes way, way back, we said, to like even to the opening stories of the Bible in yeah. Genesis 1 and 2, where yeah. there's this idea of uh, taking care of creation. And even before the storytelling says things go wrong, right? So even before mm-hmm. the fateful fruit and talking snake story, there's this idea of human beings. You're meant to take care of this creation and we are invited to enjoy it uh, and to make use of it, but not to ruin it. And mm-hmm. that part of our, our role, the way Genesis one and two sees it is to be a lot like gardeners, people who take care of what has been cultivated or to, to enjoy it and make it more like itself.
0: And I think the our lack of doing that is what's gotten us into the state that we're in today, Mm -hmm. where, you know, climate change and all those things that are hot topic issues, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, we're in because we have failed to live out um, environmental justice.
1: And at least I I think it's worth saying part of the problem or why we haven't done a very good job, we meaning human beings, not just the three of us. I mean, I'm sure we bear some responsibility, (laughs) but we human beings haven't collectively been great. And maybe in particular, why Christians haven't been great about it is there's at least been times in Christian history Mm -hmm. where our attitude was, we are given permission to do whatever we want uh, and not any sense of responsibility. That all of creation exists for us rather than God made us to take care of creation mm-hmm. as well as it's there for our enjoyment as well. But there's a mutuality in Genesis 1, and we often sort of hear like half of it. No, creation is ours to do with whatever we want. We have no responsibility. And on top of that, we layer like this sort of afterlife sort of a who cares about this world because if you have real faith, you know that your real hope is in heaven. This world isn't my home, and therefore, you don't have to care about mm-hmm. the world in which you live. And sometimes we've tried to baptize poor stewardship, poor justice of the of the world of creation and say it's, it's the pious thing is not to care about the world. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think, again, it all boils down to relationship. That what is the relationship that we have with our environment? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what, we have some sort of relationship. But it's possible to have bad relationships mm-hmm. where you take advantage of other people or the world, you know, whatever relationship we're talking about. So good environmentalism is, you know, having a good relationship with your environment. That it's a give and take, not just a taking. Um, You know, there is that famous children's book, The Giving Tree, (laughs) Mm -hmm. where, you know, this, this tree just keeps giving this small boy in his life things, right? Like the first, like when the child was a small child, uh, the tree gave him an apple, um, so that he could eat. Um, later it gave him branches mm-hmm. or something. And to, then the big trunk. And then the big trunk to build a house or something. And even when the child had become an old man, he had the stump of the tree to rest his weary bones on. And that's not exactly a good relationship where only one half is giving and Mm -hmm. the other half is taking there needs to be a mutuality um in any relationship Mm -hmm. like it can't just benefit one half of the equation it needs to benefit both
0: you're you're talking about benefiting just one half and the the giving and the taking makes me think of economic justice too yeah and how we Mm -hmm. tend to just throw money at the problem of the poor you know, like, we'll sponsor a child. I, I do that. I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I, you know, it's just, or, you know, we'll send money so somebody else can go on a mission trip. And, you know, we'll send money to the local food bank so they can feed people. But we don't have that relationship with the people that the money is going to. Mm-hmm.
1: And it becomes really easy sometimes to say, I've made a donation to X or therefore I don't have to care about it. Or I don't have to care about it where it's close to me. I mean, it, uh-huh. it becomes really easy to sort of, Comportmentalize compartmentalize our life and say, well, all right, well, I take care of other people with this donation, and that's my terrible part of my life, and now I can, everything else in my life is just business, Uh, as opposed to I'm supposed to be compassionate, and and that justice and compassion aren't opposites, but somehow they, they coexist, and that I'm supposed to practice both justice and mercy with people near as well as far away from me.
0: Like I, you know, I give money to the Salvation Army so that they can provide Thanksgiving and Christmas meals to people, but I won't actually go to the Salvation mm-hmm. Army and help serve those meals. You know, mm-hmm. so what mm-hmm. does that look like? How do we take economic justice to another level?
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Well, and and I think too, it's it's worth if we're going to start asking these kind of questions too, that um, it seems to me like the the. the Covenant given uh, at Sinai, the the Torah tradition, Mm -hmm. sees this deep connection between how we treat creation and how we treat, including things like animals and land and field and soil, as well as how we take care of each other economically as well. And that, Mm -hmm. like, in the biblical mindset, at least in in ancient Israel's mind, these are all interconnected. we, We might helpfully draw a distinction, well, this is more about money, this is economic, this is more about creation, but really these are all part of one way of life maybe in part because those are it's largely an agrarian society and what you can grow is your <laughs> means of providing for yourself and all that but like that the the vision you get from the torah is the value of other human beings is more important than maximizing your absolute profits in all circumstances so things like sabbath year and things like jubilee year and things like releasing debts yeah that will cost you profits at some point but in the mind of the torah in the in the mind of the hebrew scriptures that's because people are more important than money and it is more important to do right by other people than to amass a larger pile of money and it seems like our conversation back in that episode as we talked about that part of the bible was that the bible the biblical writers understood yes people more important than money and justice has to do with recognizing people are more important than money what kind of questions does that raise for us when we don't live in an all agrarian society and we can't just say, "Hey, everybody, we decree it; you should give a year off for your leg"? What what, what, do th- what does this mean for us where we are? These are the kind of questions that it feels like we're going to need a whole series for.
0: Yeah.
1: But so as as we are asking you who are listening to like stick a pin in in where the questions are raising, we're we're kind of aware that this is an intentional like raising a whole bunch of questions that at some point will merit mm-hmm. answering, but. If it if it leaves us feeling unsettled for a while, that's okay. Um, that that's sort of the point. That like we need to be raising questions and letting them simmer, letting them you know poke at us for a while, and and to look at it. What what does it mean if the Bible's teaching me I'm supposed to care for my neighbor, or if the Bible's teaching me it's more important that we make sure everybody gets either that nobody's permanently mm-hmm. stuck in poverty than me making a little bit more money. Then what does that mean in how I manage my household? What does that mean? And and that's not just I gave a little bit of money to charity. Now I'm going to go back to maximize my profits as much as possible.
2: A, a question that always arises for me when we talk about the Jubilee year, mm-hmm. um, you know, less so for, you know, agriculture reasons, because I'm not a farmer. <laughs> um, but that that question in the Jubilee year of you should forgive all of the debts That like people owe you, Mm -hmm. so like debt forgiveness. And I'm sure that this is also a hot topic for many of our listeners, as like student debt is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. outrageously high in our in the U.S. At least least, where where the three of us are. Um, So how do you know what do we what do we do with that? Um, You know, personally, nobody owes me debts, but I certainly owe lots of debts to the various banks who gave me student loans, um, which I think that's all the debt I have right now because I don't own a house, (laughs) and I luckily just paid off a car. So, like, student debt, but, like, that's, it's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So, what do we do as a society with this debt that lots of people owe? Right.
1: Right and you know like the i don't think any of us around the table are advocating well the solution is we just need to rigorously apply the old testament covenant laws all 613 of them so that we can and therefore we need right. to reinstate jubilee but to say part of what the that way of life that is described there is sort of like a if justice looks more like there should be times when you're forgiving debt rather than holding on to it yeah what does that look like for us and what are what are what are ways that we can be the kind of society or the kind of community that... Uh, that has that kind of sense of what justice mm-hmm. is and that mm-hmm. sees that that's a justice question, not that's just a charity question. I think some, exactly. sometimes that's how the conversation skews in, in the world in which we live that when you start talking about the cancellation of debts, debt, thinking, Oh, that's charity. Well, not exactly. Cause if you ask the old Testament, if you ask the, the mm-hmm. writers uh, of the scriptures, they'll say, no, sometimes justice is you cancel the debt because that's what allows for a greater flourishing of life and lets people get, sort of started so they're not permanently behind the eight ball
0: all this talk of forgiveness and debts is leading me to another topic and i'm I'm thinking about our presbyterian brothers and sisters and the way they say the lord's prayer um you know for for us at least i know in my tradition it's typically trespasses um you know some some will use sins but the presbyterians use debts and debtors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so another form of justice i mean And it's more, the more typical thing when we think of justice is that, you know, the criminal, but also just the little things that we do against Mm -hmm. one another, you know, we said something that hurt you, you know, we might not have physically hurt you, but we might have said something or just done something minor. And, you know, how do we work towards forming that level of forgiveness towards someone else? Because that's not always an easy thing to do, you Mm -hmm. know, um, to learn how to forgive somebody. And then how do we know um, that we have forgiven someone and we're not still somehow holding yeah. on to that grudge.
1: I, I remember reading recently some scholars saying that that whole notion of forgiveness of debts goes even further into the Lord's Prayer. That in that, that next line that often gets translated, lead us not into temptation, or in Luke's version, save us from the time of trial. The, the, the language of the day of trial is when you get brought into court because you owe debts. That mm-hmm. the idea is, God, I'm asking for your help when I'm the one who owes debts and I'm going to be the kind of person who forgives the, Like, It's very much an economic thing that Jesus has in mind, and he's speaking to people, again, primarily who live and die by whether or not they can make enough to pay off their bills yeah. and somebody else will take them. And, like, and how often that imagery of being taken to court for owing money is in Jesus' stories makes us uncomfortable, because I think at some point a lot of Christians learned, like the, oh, it's unchristian to ever owe money, and like, okay, it's great if you don't have to owe money, but on the other hand... Jesus lives in a world where that's not an option for a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. if you are a farmer and your profits depend on there being a decent harvest and you can't control the weather. So what do you do if now mm-hmm. I'm in debt? And we've turned it into, it's automatically a character flaw if you owe money, where it's like, maybe that's not the case. Maybe um, there are all sorts of reasons why somebody might go into debt. Some savory and some unsavory. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so if, if, if we're talking about what justice means in our in our day here how we take care of creation is a piece of it Mm in what we might call ecological or environmental justice and doing right by it doesn't mean we have to like do prison time for littering but like okay Mm -hmm. how do we take care of creation and asking the economic question is how are we called to to do right by each other in i guess our 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 finance how do we not cheat each other which again might Mm -hmm. be sort of a criminal thing but also are there places where debts should be forgiven simply because it's Good to forgive death, so that's part of what right mm-hmm. relationship is. Um, are there other dimensions that we ought to explore, or that, that the conversation about justice raises for us?
2: I'm going to throw this out there, which I, I don't know. I feel like this entire Easter tide season might be uh, have several hot button issues, but I would even say the way we structure our politics could involve justice. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. um, like not not if you think democrat and republican but rather mm-hmm. capitalism socialism um, the wh- those ways that we structure our political sphere because so often that asks the question of how do we as a society as you know how does our government how does how do they how do we care for the lowest among us. Sure,
1: mm-hmm. and I, I, I think you've, you've helpfully said that n- no matter how, how you how your own politics look, everybody is going to want to frame it in terms of what's just and what's right. You know, mm-hmm. so folks who are dyed in the wool free market capitalists will say things like it's unfair and unjust for somebody to take money that I earned, and others will th- say things like it's unjust that anybody gets to go hungry, regardless of what you know, like whatever their circumstances. Nobody should go hungry. There's abundance, right. or that. Um, if you have just like let, let your big pile of wealth accumulate more wealth, you haven't really done anything useful for anybody. Is it just that you can live in a giant mansion and somebody else who does meaningful labor doesn't get compensated for what they? I mean, like mm-hmm. these are these are questions of justice, and we'll probably have to look at how at various points, different ways people might answer these questions or whatever different schemes there are. Everybody's going to have a way of seeing this as a question of justice, and the difficult thing, and maybe our culture is not great at how do we learn to see things from other vantage points. Is like, how do I learn to see or hear where somebody else is coming from and go, okay, I can get how you would frame it this way, and it's a matter of justice. Can you also see Mm -hmm. how this is a different from a different angle is also about justice Mm -hmm. too? And I guess I hope what we've tried to do in this whole series so far is to is to explore that there is this rich, deep sense of what justice looks like in the Bible and that it isn't reducible to this is mine. You can't take it from me or you broke a rule. Therefore there's a certain amount Mm -hmm. of jail time you're supposed to do, but that's a piece of it, but that's one small piece of it. Uh, if, if our sense of justice is about right relationship all around.
0: Can I bring up one more idea of justice that Sarah, you mentioned those anti-racism workshops and things and all the isms. Um, and I'm thinking racial justice while not directly addressed in scripture definitely alludes to in scripture because a lot of the other things we've talked about end up falling along racial lines, Sure, you know, economic justice a lot of times falls along racial lines. And so maybe that's something that we want to explore a little bit and see what that looks like and how, um, how throughout history people have used the scriptures to justify yeah. Really, ter- really terrible things, yeah. you know, racially, and how people were trying to use scripture now to say, you know, what we we read scripture this way before. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing that that was the wrong way to read things, right. and so let's let's try to counter that, and let's try to come after that and, and fix that as much as we can.
1: I'm glad you mentioned it because, like, on the one hand, you could make a pretty dark case for how much uh, the there are, there are places <laughs> in the Bible that seem okay with what seem like very very Close racial views about Mm -hmm. Israel's only allowed to be ethnic Israel and get rid of the foreigners. And then you have other voices that are like, no, foreigners are included. They can have an inheritance now, and now they're included Mm -hmm. in the covenant people. And you could say that kind of feels ambiguous. You could even say, too, that uh, the Bible's been used, and understandably so, to to argue for opposing slavery, and others have said, look, these people own slaves, and they weren't stopped from owning slaves, therefore the Bible's okay with it. Mm -hmm. And that very easily becomes, well, if the Bible didn't say it was a problem... It can't be a part of what real justice is. Therefore, justice can't be about whether it's okay or bad to own Mm -hmm. people, or whether it's okay or bad to discriminate against people. And we end up with that kind of, well, the Bible doesn't directly challenge it at this story, therefore the Bible must be okay with it, which I think is sloppy Bible reading, but Mm -hmm. we, we sometimes play that game. We sometimes do the, well, if it was allowed in the Bible in this story, or in that story, or in this other place we assume that's the bible's one and only policy on it or that that's the way we we judge what the bible thinks justice is about and i think that that's kind of again sloppy sloppy theology or sloppy exegesis of what's really mm-hmm. going on in the biblical text And sometimes we do that because we have these sort of preconceived, this is what I want it to be, so where am I going to find the Bible story that will allow me to get away with Mm -hmm. thinking this way or that won't make me question the things that are uncomfortable. So we'll say, well, Abraham owns slaves and Abraham and Sarah have Hagar and my goodness, it's even okay that they have a child with Hagar and that's okay, therefore it must be okay Mm -hmm. that. And that seems like that's not what the point of that, the point of what happens in that story isn't to say, therefore it's okay to own slaves. Um, And yet for a lot of history, that was how we did things. And how we underwrote it was, well, mm-hmm. the Bible said it was okay here. Um, are there other places that we think we need to lift up uh, topic areas that we think there will be questions about later on that we ought to be sort of priming the pump for or cans of worms that we should be opening right now?
2: I'm sure that there are. It's just I can't think of what they, what they would be.
0: I think our conversation as we get started in tide, is going to lead us probably mm-hmm. to more things. Yeah. As we get t- going down one road, we're going to realize, Oh, that splits off and goes into this road yeah. and, that, and that road. But I, I think as for us and a- even for our listeners, maybe to take this next season of Lent and re being a reflective season of the church mm-hmm. to take some time and reflect on what we've talked about through this series mm-hmm. and, so we can have some answers ready for these cans of worms that we've opened up today.
1: Um, maybe along those lines, and, and this is a place where my head and heart have been leaning lately. Maybe this is because we're getting close to that that season of Lent. Um, one of the texts that in, in our tradition gets heard often on the beginning of Lent, on Ash Wednesday, comes from Isaiah 58. And mm-hmm. it's this book conversation that starts out with the prophet sort of speaking on behalf of the people and they're crying out to God, how come you haven't noticed that we're having our religious festival? So they're like, you know, we're trying to, you know, show you our piety. We're having this big national prayer convocation, God, and you're not listening. We're having our big fast day and you're not paying attention. Why not? And God's answer comes back, look, you guys are putting on a big religious show, but meanwhile you are oppressing your workers, Mm -hmm. Isaiah says, or you're quarreling with each other, you're taking advantage of people, or you're using your holy day to, uh, hurt each other, and then God goes on to say you know what fast I actually care about I care about that you undo the thong of injustice and welcome the homeless well, we've talked about this when we talk mm-hmm. about the prophets but like, that that raises to me the question of how, what things get called charity, and what things get called justice, and yeah. that sometimes we treat whatever we call charity as like extra credit and justice, we're like, no, everybody's required to, and the, the If we force the Bible on it, sometimes it's going to say things that we want to treat as charity. Oh, that's going above and beyond. The Bible, like, no, that's what everybody's called to. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me is, like, the way that passage from Isaiah 58 frames it isn't. You're not being charitable enough, but you're doing injustice. You're, you're, You're being unjust to one another. And the way to remedy that is, and then things that we might call charity. You know, taking care of the homeless or and the, the the what is it what does it look like to to uh, the meeting place of yeah. justice and compassion or justice and mercy or justice and charity and maybe even this is a place that maybe a lot of church folks get squeamish because um it, it when, when, when I'm giving something to charity, I don't notice sometimes how that put, how that puffs me up. Is I'm the giver. I'm the one fixing you, you broken mm-hmm. person. And how when we talk about justice, it's more like, oh, we're equals. And I'm simply recognizing the dignity that was in you already. And I don't get to be the hero for doing justice. I'm just mm. doing what I'm supposed to. Mm. And when we frame things in terms of charity, I get to make myself the hero of what mm-hmm. a kind, generous person I am. Those poor schlubs, where would they be without me? But when we see something in terms of justice, it's, oh, I should have been treating you a certain way all along. And I wonder if, this is sort of like a half one thought, I wonder if this is the value of the old Bible word righteous, that, like, there's a place at mm-hmm. which being righteous the person who does the right thing. And it's not about whether there's a charity or justice, like, This isn't just doing what you're supposed to do. What's the the right, decent thing to do is, you know? So, like, I think about, like, the way in Matthew's Gospel, when we're introduced to Joseph, uh, the guardian of Jesus, uh, that he's introduced us as a righteous man. And it's, like, and the way that's framed is he didn't want to put Mary away or expose her to scandal when the pregnancy comes out because he's a righteous man. And it's just sort of left, like, he knew to do the right thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't publicly embarrass her. Don't make a big scandal out of this. That's the right thing to do. And it doesn't push any further. Was this justice? Was it mercy? Well, okay, it's the, it's the right thing. And I wonder if some kind of sense of that is is worth us exploring in a in, in later conversation, too, in ways that doesn't leave me, like, treating other people as you're just a prop for me to puff myself up so I feel like the hero. And sometimes mm-hmm. charity does that. But when I treat this as this is justice... That it's, oh, I'm not doing anything more than I was supposed to do. This is just what the right thing to do is to somebody.
0: And I don't know how much this goes with this, but um, the sermon series I did for Advent was looking at characters from the Christmas story. And, and I, I did a little search on righteousness and, and people that are called mm-hmm. righteous in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked at how few people... <laughs> In Scripture are called righteous, like you. Know, yeah. David is not one of them, mm-hmm. and yet we, you know, he is a man after God's own heart. Like we think David is this great character, but he, you yeah. know, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> well, we all know. I mean, right. Bathsheba was, you know, there's, you know, right. there's that whole thing. But like, you know, understanding what it truly, what the Bible truly means by saying that someone is righteous, right. because right. there's only. About, I think less than a dozen people, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of Scripture, and all of these people that we know and we can name off the top of our heads that are truly called righteous because they've done what is right. Sure, sure. sure. All throughout their story, and not just, well, we did what was right here, mm-hmm. but then they went off and did something that was not right, right. later.
1: And the 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 Lutheran in really me wants to like uh, to insist like even the best of us at our best moments also have like moments of terrible rottenness oh, yeah. as well and that like i'm not advocating that like that there's some magical code out there and we follow it we'll never make mistakes but to say that idea of doing the right thing somehow seems out there in the bible and that it, it's something that at least you can have in mind is a guiding principle that doesn't have to split hairs between oh, i don't have to worry about that that's just mm-hmm. charity that's extra credit and but like no just what if we were people who Try to do what was right by people, and we, we quit saying I'm not, I don't have to it's not a matter of justice but like I'm just trying to, be, to do right by my neighbor you know mm-hmm. to, to to do what is decent toward people, and that won't earn me any spot in heaven, but the other way around, because I know that god's claim of love on me is there forever, okay now I'm free to serve my neighbor <clears throat> For me, that feels like a very Lutheran move, too, because Luther is always about, okay, you're in with God. Don't worry about that. Now you're free to quit worrying about yourself and worry about the, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And when Luther does that, I don't think he ever treats it like it's optional, like, well, if you want to be a super credit Christian, do it because it's charity. He treats it like we're supposed to love our neighbor. That's what we're supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is closer to justice language. You know? It's more like this is just what you do for each other. Well,
2: those are some good questions. <laughs> <which> we will... <laughs> Look at maybe answering or maybe just continue asking <laughs> in the Easter tide season.
1: Sounds good. So I hope those cans of worms keep wriggling. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're still fresh when we get back uh, in April. So uh, join us next time for a brand new series that will last us through Lent. In the meantime, thanks for listening I'm Crazy Faith Talk.
0: See y'all. Bye. <laughs>